Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... G. Marshall. One of the most famous quotes of all time, which incidentally appears several times in the Holy Book, is prefaced by these words, if men strive and hurt a woman with child, and if mischief follows, then shalt thou give life for life. Our story is founded on that precept, except in this case, uh, but that would be getting ahead of myself. Let's give it time to tell itself in its own strange, twisted, and surprising way. He could have thrown the book at me. What book? He was a cop. He could have made things look really bad for me. I didn't have much choice. And his way, I was shut out of your life. So you accepted? I didn't have much choice. What about me? The least I could hurt you was having me turn up dead. mystery drama, If Mischief Follow, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Anne Williams and Gordon Gould. It is sponsored in part by Exlax and General Electric Citizen Band Radios. I'll be back shortly with Act One. quotation is, of course, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. In a curious way, so many of these are literally as well as figuratively to come true. First, let me set the scene. A community hospital in a well-settled area, busy, concerned with humanity, and the high goal of protecting life. A normal morning, and yet, in its own way, as we shall discover later, a quite special morning. Nurse Abrams? Hmm? Oh, yeah, Liz, everything is going fine. But I'd just like to get together with you at lunch about the shower and all. Yeah. Isn't it exciting? I mean, it's just not your ordinary wedding when you consider two doctors are involved. Yeah. Oh, look, hold a whisker. Someone's coming in. Yes, sir. Can I help you? I would like to see Dr. Trevor, please. Oh, well, I'll try to reach Dr. Trevor, but Dr. Trevor is tied up at the moment. If you'd care to wait. I'll wait. Just get Dr. Trevor on emergency page. Huh? Oh, well, I don't think I could do that. We're not allowed well, Get to... her on page and don't keep me waiting. Just tell her Craig Trevor is waiting for her. Her husband. <gasps> Good morning, Dr. Trevor. Good morning, Dr. Douglas. Mind if I join you in a cup of coffee? Well, not at all. If you're quite sure that there'll be room for two of us. <laughs> That's pretty silly, isn't it? Oh, I feel very lightheaded <laughs> these days. Well, thank heaven it's the doctor's cafeteria and the general staff can't hear us, let alone the public. Doctors are human, too. Did I neglect to say I love you? 
You did. But better late than never. <laughs> How long is it till the wedding, anyhow? Two more weeks. Can't you hold out? Now, as to that... <laughs> well, with the hospital grapevine rustling around, we've discussed enough private affairs, at least in the cafeteria. And I'm due an OR in five minutes. Can I see you tonight? It's a date. Pick you up around 6.30 at your place? If I can hold out that long. Two more weeks, and your time is my time. My place is your place. <laughs> Mi casa es su casa. <laughs> oh, darling, do we have to wait? Oh, I'd like a nice wedding. Well, this time you deserve it. I didn't mean that. I just want you and me to start out right. And stay on that way right to the end. Uh, Got to be on my way. Don't forget me before tonight. <laughs> Don't you ever worry. <laughs> I may be too busy even to turn up. That's my page. Don't you try to walk out on me. Oh, well, the sky falls. <laughs> <laughs> page, Dr. Trevor. Hmm? What? My, my husband? Yes. Yes, I'll be right down. No, it's just not possible. Hello, Marion. Craig. No, can't be. Craig. Oh, don't be alarmed. What you see is what you get. I'm not a ghost. I'm here in the flesh. What's left of me? Craig. Well, how do I know? Forgive me if I'm so confused. Well, listen, we can't talk here. What happened? How could you come back from the dead? I can try to explain. No, not now. First, let me try uh, to arrange my schedule. It's all so... We can't talk here. I didn't suppose we could. Well, then why did you come here? I didn't know where else to find you. Yes, uh, of course. Just let me find someone to cover me here at the hospital. I am a resident physician, you know, and, and then we'll go back to my place. Home. You have a car? Of course. We'll stop off at the bus station and pick up my stuff. What for? I am your husband. Is there any reason why I can't come home? Where are you going? This isn't the way to the bus station. I know. We, we have to go somewhere and talk first. What's there to talk about? Oh, Craig. You are, Craig. Of course I am. All right. I'll take it on faith that you are. But I need an explanation. How? For five years you've been dead. There's even a grave back in Chicago and a coffin that contained... Well, what we thought was you. Now, now of all times, you turn up out of the blue like... Like... Oh, from the way you're reacting, like a bad penny, it seems, huh? Aren't you glad I'm alive? Of course I am. If it's really you, I still can't credit the evidence of my own eyes. It's impossible. We knew you were dead. Even the insurance company would have accepted that, only... Only there wasn't any insurance anymore. Well, I can explain about that, too. I wish you would. I will. Where, where are we going now? Teeman's Cliff. What? Oh, it's the big place for young people to park at night. During the day, it's empty. Quiet. Lover's Lane. Something like that. You can see all of Bayford Village from here. 
quite a scenic spot. Yeah. Who identified my body? You? No. Your father. He wanted to spare me. But I went with him. How could you be so sure it was me? Wasn't I, uh, in the classic and well-known phrase, burned to a crisp? Yes. So it wasn't you. Who was it, Craig? Oh, a two-bit grifter. A friend of mine you couldn't stand who had me in a vice. One thing we didn't agree on, I'll have to admit, I couldn't stand him either. So you... murdered him? I wouldn't blame you for not having the highest opinion of me, Marion, but I wouldn't have figured you'd think that of me. Well, then what happened? I ran and hit out. I read the papers. They said it all. Young law student married to a budding doctor flunks out. All the dreams up in smoke. He takes what is for him the only way out. An automobile ride to suicide. Hmm? <laughs> well, in a way, they were right, except uh, that I didn't. Suddenly, I had the chance to get out from under the impossible and start to live over. Don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm trying to explain. We were kind of the American dream, weren't we, Marion? I once felt that way. Two kids from middle-class backgrounds with the guts to marry and fight out two demanding careers. Me a lawyer, you a doctor. Except I didn't make it. You did. I couldn't cut it. Craig, it was only a temporary... Oh, that's right? the way you felt. Maybe it's different for a man. I was a nothing. Career gone, making no money. Except you remember, I was always the miracle odds maker. How could I fail playing careful percentages, hmm? You kept on betting after we were married? Oh, up to the years. Benny, remember him, was my book. Wilder and wilder till I was so far out in the hook, Benny was going to have to pass it up upstairs. And that was the evening Benny and I went out for the ride to talk. If you were so far in, what could you offer him? Your father had offered me that chance, enough to keep Benny quiet. I had the money with me. No problem. I was ready to pay, but uh, Benny and me were kind of arguing. I was angry, driving like a madman, and on that turn, we went straight off the road because we were going too fast for me to handle the wheel. And crashed into the valley and burned up. Check it out, except uh, the last, I think. We crashed. I could hang on to the wheel, but Benny... Well, Benny was thrown every which way... When we ended up, there he was lying on his side, and he was dead. Then what? Well, first off, I panicked. I threw open the door and ran from that car. <laughs> That's a damn lucky thing I did, because suddenly, whoosh, the gas tank exploded, and it was a raging inferno. You were sure Benny was dead? Oh, the car was a furnace. Nothing could have lived inside then. And you just watched it burn. Well, what else could I do? But there's more to the point. What else did you do? Oh, see it my way, Marion. I was scared out of my wits. I didn't know how much Benny had told the mob, how deep I was in, how bad it all could look like for me. Like maybe even murder. So I went to your father. You know, he never liked me. I know that. Well, he offered me a deal, a way out. Keep the money, give me. Get out of your life. Leave him... My ring, some personal stuff, the, <laughs> the bridge I had in my back teeth. Anything that identified me, just so I could be what was left of that corpse. 
Nobody would miss uh, nothing like Benny. The mob could figure he took off owing them what was coming to them, and, well, you could be a free woman. The least I could hurt you was having me turn up dead. Then why didn't you stay that way? I missed you. I tried to come back three years ago. I was broke. I didn't know where to turn. But that was just after your dad died. It was tough for me to cut out again because that was when I found out that we'd had a kid. We? Okay. I wasn't around when he was born. I didn't even know you were that way when I took off, but... Stevie is our kid, isn't he? I don't want to talk about him. You and I were over a long time ago. Even before you pretended to die. Well, what is it you want now? Money again? No. I just... I just want to come home. To you and Stevie. Stevie and I don't belong to you anymore. You can't come home. What about my mother? Gran is with us. But you can't do this to her. She's an old lady. She's happy in a whole new world. What new world? Listen to me, Craig. Listen. Try to be kind and unselfish once in your life. For nearly five years, I thought you were dead. You were glad I was. Oh, that isn't true. We had our differences. But I did love you once. When I thought you died in that car crash, a lot of things died in me, too. I was having a child. I had to pick up the pieces. Somehow I managed. When your dad died, I had to help Gran make a new life for herself, too. We, we've done a lot of building. Please. Please don't tear it all down again. Not now. But I want to... I have to. I, I want to be part of it. You can't. Why not? Because I've rebuilt my life. And I have a right to it. It's mine, and you have no place in it. There's going to have to be a place for me. Well, there can't be. I've met a man, a man I'm in love with. And you... Well, why did you turn up now? I'm going to be married two weeks from today. I'm afraid that's out, Marion, now that I'm back. Look, you can't do this to me, Craig. Please, please. It's too late. I already announced myself at the hospital as your husband. You, you can't come home. Marion... I've got to. I'm sick. I have something the matter with me, and it gets worse and worse. I can hardly walk now. I need you. You're the only hope I have left. I need someone to take care of me. It could be a nightmare. Dr. Marion Trevor is too wide awake and too level-headed to pretend that. This is stark truth and the makings of unbearable tragedy. But how desperate and how dangerous the future is to be for her, she cannot even yet imagine. On the edge of Timon's Cliff, Marion Trevor sits behind the wheel of her car, numb, unable, and unwilling to look at the man by her side who has come back from the dead. In two weeks, she would have been happily married to Dr. Brian Douglas if 
this husband hadn't returned. The man she thought fate had been kind enough to get rid of forever. What do you mean, sick? What's the matter with you? I... I can't walk properly. And, uh... Well, other things. When I was in the hospital, I said I had, uh... I don't know, uh, Larish's syndrome or something. Larish's syndrome? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They wanted to operate, but I hauled tail out of there fast. Why? So many facts, names, states. I couldn't take a chance. Anyways, no doc's putting me under the knife. If you have Larisha's syndrome, an operation should be completed. Well, okay, okay. Can't we talk about that after we get home? I can't take you home with me. I'm your husband. Oh, don't worry. If you think I'm going to claim married rights or something, that's... That's one other thing that's gone wrong, as well as the legs. I can assure you, you're quite safe. Look, I need somewhere to, to, to rest. Okay. At least it'll be all right for tonight. What do you mean, tonight? Gran and Stevie have gone to visit my mother for the weekend. We'll have that much breathing space to try and straighten out the future. Hello? Brian? It's Marion. Oh, hi, darling. I was just about to give you a ring about this television coverage of an operation day after tomorrow. I'm not calling you about that now, dear. Okay. We can straighten that out when I see you. Did I remember to say I love you? And I love you. Lord, Brian, we've got to talk. I'm listening. Not over the phone, but tomorrow in your office. I'll just name the time. As early as possible. I just can't give you... Suppose I meet you in the cafeteria about seven. Fine. I'm not operating till eight. But honey, you sound so serious. Can't you give me a hint? What's up? No, not from here. Darling, forgive me. Let me talk about it tomorrow. Hey there, bridegroom-to-be. How's the world look today? I'll tell you, after my first cup of coffee, Dr. Wilson. One of those mornings, huh, Dr. Douglas? Yeah, following the night before. And a long day stretching ahead. I have a pretty full schedule myself. You shouldn't have the blues. I don't have the blues. I think maybe I have the jitters. What about getting married? Greatest institution in the world. Do you good to be one of the rest of us inmates. Inmates? That's a squirrel cage. But you grow to love it. Huh. I wasn't thinking of that so much. Two weeks before his wedding, and what else should the bridegroom be thinking of? Oh, come on, Jerry. Get off my back. But as chief of staff, I do have a niggling problem here and there. For example, this cockamamie TV coverage of our first operation tomorrow morning that I got talked into. You don't have to do it. No, I think it's a good thing. It's too late to pull back anyway. I think the public should see firsthand that surgery isn't anything to fear. There are no mysteries about it. After all the trouble Marion went to setting it up, there's no way you could pull out. You haven't seen Marion this morning, have you? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, she wasn't checked in on the board when I came in a few minutes ago. Well, I'm due to scrub. I'm assisting Hallam. Oh, timed exit. Here comes your lady love. Good morning, Dr. Trevor. Morning, Jerry. Hello, Brian. Hi, hon. I just got my coffee. Get you some? Maybe take it up to your office. Not here. I've got to talk to you in private. That bad, huh? Oh, it's about as bad as it can get. 
awake. You're sure? The only trouble about last night is that everything I've ever dreamt before, I'd have rather taken than this. Waking up to reality was a real nightmare. It's true. Craig is alive. He's here. Well, that means a marriage has been uh, somewhat disarranged. Oh, come on, honey. Just delayed. Till we can arrange the divorce. Lord knows if he doesn't want one, you have every reason... But we can't make it all that easy, Brian. There's Stevie to think about. He is his father. And Grand, she's his mother. Most of all, perhaps, the fact he's not well. well at least we're doctors. Maybe we can take care of that. You say it sounds like Larice syndrome. Mm -hmm. Can you get him into the hospital for some tests and observations? Well, I don't know. Well, why not? What is it, dear? He's... You know, I've... I've never wanted to talk to you much about Craig. He's... Well, emotionally, he's never been too stable. He's weak, he's selfish, in a way, vicious. Most of all, he's a coward. He never could face anything in life squarely. He's terrified of doctors, hospitals, and most of all, he... He what? He's afraid of you. Oh. Oh. I don't have to be involved in it. We can get Jerry to take care of it. I don't know if I can coax him to come near a hospital. Oh, for Pete's sake, if the man is sick enough to have trouble walking, can't he see... I told him not to put any calls to him as it was an emergency, so I guess... Well, I can answer it. Yeah. Dr. Douglas. Yes? Well, of course, nurse. Tell the operator to put Mr. Trevor right through to my office. It's for you, Marion. Your husband. What? Oh, thanks. Hello. Yes, Craig, this is Marion. What? What is it? Lie down and I'll get you a... a... Craig? Craig! What's the matter? He was in pain, a, abdominal pain. And what happened? I don't know. Sounds as though he might have passed out. Anyway, this solves one problem. How to get him into the hospital. Hello. This is Dr. Marion Trevor. Green light emergency. I need an ambulance right away. Marion, take it easy. He's in the best of possible hands with Jerry Wilson. I know, I know. But you're still pacing around like an expectant father. Does he mean that much to you, in spite of everything? Oh, darling. Darling, there's only one man in my life now. The only one who has ever been, ever since I met you. It isn't that. It's just I... I feel so guilty. You? Why? He... I could see he had cramps in his legs, that he walked with difficulty. But Craig... No one ever had been able to trust him except... I don't know. I am a doctor. He told me what was wrong. You I... handled it as you should have. There is nothing necessarily acute about a Larice syndrome. I didn't believe him. He's always been such a liar. And all the time... Easy, darling. We haven't heard from Jerry yet. I wanted him dead, Brian. Now I feel as though I'd wished it on him. Oh, darling. Dr. Douglas. Jerry. How's it look? Yeah? Well, why don't you come up and lay it on us in person? You think it's a thrombosis, Jerry? I guess. Or an aneurysm? Well, I've set him up for an arteriogram. Should pinpoint it. 
But he's not critical for the moment. No, thanks some lucky star. Mm. Because that one guy will have to be hauled, kicking and screaming to the operating table. But an operation is indicated no matter which it is. Well, so far, apparently, the occlusion has been intermittent. This may only be an episode. But if it becomes total, it would cut off all the blood supply to his legs. That's right. He could lose them. Well, surgical intervention could save that. Let's see what shows up on the arteriogram first. If it's critical, if surgery is indicated, I'd want him to have the best. Would you do it, Brian? Are you crazy, Marion? Brian's the last guy to touch your husband. The guy who just busted into your lives out of nowhere? Suppose... Let's not jump to conclusions. And we don't have to suppose. Dr. Hallam gets the brass ring because I couldn't do the operation anyway. If you'll remember, I have to make my TV debut tomorrow morning. Hello, Craig. Where the hell have you been all day? Making my rounds. I'm not on surgical side. This was the first chance I had to get here. Hoping I'd be dead before you arrived? Well, there's no question of that. You should have an operation, Oh, sure. And it should be done by the big surgeon himself. You have a loving boyfriend, Dr. Brian Douglas, huh? I wish Brian could do it. He's the best surgeon I know. He feels under the circumstances... All but... right, baby. Well, he's the last guy I'd trust with a knife in his hands anywhere near me. We're lucky to have Dr. Hallam. He's just as good as... as Dr. Douglas. It isn't going to make any difference. I'm not having any operation. Now, get me out of this tube thing. Get my clothes I want out of here. Craig, you can't leave. You, sh you wouldn't be able to walk, or you shouldn't. Why do I have to have this gadget? What's it doing? Making slow poison into my veins? It's feeding heparin, a blood thinner into your system to try to guard against an occlusion that would make an operation mandatory. Oh, look, do we need all the big words? At the end of the big artery that comes down from the heart, there's a fork to two big arteries that feed blood into your legs. You have very early hardening of the arteries, and because of the pressure, you have an aneurysm there. What's an aneurysm? Uh, it's a distension of the artery, a, a sort of balloon filled with blood that might burst. Does it always? No. Sometimes, if you're lucky, the aneurysm can be reabsorbed. Do me at least one favor. What? Just... Sign this authorization to operate in case it does become acute. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not signing any papers. Wouldn't it be a convenient way to get me out of the way, huh? That isn't what I'm trying to do. Oh, we won't get the chance, Barry. Okay, as long as I'm stuck in this morgue. Get out of here. Let me get some sleep. Ah, uh, by the way, when did my son and my mother get home? They should be at the house by now. Why? Do they know about the particles return yet? No. I, uh... It's something I still have to face. Oh, yeah. I just bet you can hardly wait to tell them, huh? Please, Craig. Let me do it in my own time. Let me prepare them a little first. Oh, sure. I'll leave everything up to you. Hello? Mother? I want you to get ready for a shock. This is Craig. Who? Craig? Yes. Uh, yes, your son, alive. I'm, I'm alive, but not for long, unless you help me. I don't know what, what you're talking about. Just listen to me, Mom. Mom, Mom, they got me in the hospital and they're planning to kill me. Help me, Mom. Help me. 
And if it's too late, don't let them get away with it. An honest attempt to save a man's life, or at least to protect it, because of the man's fear and insecurity, now becomes something ominous and unpredictable. If his condition should suddenly become acute, who would sign the authorization for surgery? And if it should be unsuccessful, who would shoulder the blame? We'll find out when we return with Act Three. The world spins on its axis, and nothing can arrest the inevitable march of time. But inside that limit, there is no individual boundary. Now, a man returning out of nowhere is in the process of starting a chain of events that have neither a foreseeable future or a solution. An event Dr. Marion Trevor has had a difficult time explaining to her mother-in-law. No doubt about it, Grant. Craig is alive. I just can't believe it. My son. Why didn't you let me know right away? I suppose I should have. I was just so confused about everything. And then to find out he was in bad health. Oh, how bad is it? It's very hard to explain, Grant. I think he should have an immediate operation. Well, then why doesn't he listen to you? You're a doctor. Because he doesn't trust me. He doesn't trust anyone. He's obsessed with the fact that because he tried to die before his time, or appeared to, that everyone else wants to take advantage of that. Do you, Marion? Oh, no. Please, Grant. Don't think that of me. You know, the best thing you could do for him. What? Convince him that he needs an operation. Are you sure of that? Aren't you? After all I've heard. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought I'd reestablished my life with my boy gone. Oh, I know it wasn't a good marriage for you, but how can I blame my own flesh and blood all the way? I, I know he wasn't good for you, and you wanted to be rid of him. It seemed that God had solved that problem. Now, it's all so different. I don't know what to say. I thought you'd be on my side, Graham. I don't know whose side I'm on. Just just let's keep it from Stevie at the moment. Well, there's no reason why he shouldn't be told. Are you sure? Supposing Craig doesn't ever come home from the hospital. Isn't it better and simpler for Stevie just to believe, as he does now, that, that his father died... Before he was born. This is ridiculous, really. Gran, we're talking as though Craig's second life, if you want to call it that, is going to be very short. It had better not be. What do you mean? I, I'm afraid to say what I mean, but I think I know I've got to go and see my boy tonight. See what it is, Mom. She wants me dead. Oh, that isn't so. Well, now, don't kid yourself. She doesn't even want my son to know I'm alive. <laughs> now, be reasonable, Craig, son. This is something that's going to have to be broken to Stevie very carefully. He's a little boy. It's, it's going to be hard for him to understand. Okay, okay. Let's forget the kid for the moment. First off is me. Now, look, I want you to promise me something, Mom. What? If anything happens to me... Don't you let them get away with it. Doctors or no doctors, 
You'll know that they knocked me off just to get me out of the way. Come. Oh, Marion, what's up? A couple of things. Just wanted you to know that TV is all set up and ready to go. The nurse has a sterile microphone. Once she buttons that on, you can forget they're even there. Just go ahead like a normal closed-circuit viewing for the staff. Fine. But what about you, honey? Is Helen going to operate on your... Uh, Craig? We had to postpone that. Dr. Hallam reported sick last night. Anyway, it was all up in the air. I couldn't get Craig to sign an authorization. Brian. Oh, what is it? Emergency. Green light all the way. I'm sorry, Marion, but our mutual patient just exploded. You can hear his screams all the way down the hall. I have him on the way up. Critical emergency. Priority A. He's got to be operated on, Brian. Did he sign a release? Are you kidding? The guy's in a coma. Who can we get? We'll have to postpone my resection. Mr. Bretley will keep. There's no rush. Well, you can't operate on Marion. Well, I... Well, there must be someone else. It's an emergency. I'm stuck with it. Marion, you run traffic. Put Mr. Bretler on hold and rush the patient in. I'm half sterile now. Let's get him on the table so we're ready to go if we have to. Are we ready, Miss Evans? Except for the patient. He hasn't been prepped, Doctor. So I see. Dr. Wilson, will you prep, please? Now, look, Brian, I scrubbed up under protest. You're crazy to go ahead with this. Why? Because you haven't got a release. His wife signed it. His wife? If anything happens, you have your neck stuck out a mile, Brian. Be careful. The microphone. What? I forgot we're on TV tube and wired for sound. Uh, I imagine all extraneous remarks can be cut from the tape. Please, prep, Doctor, while I explain the situation. Do I have the patient, Dr. Aiello? All yours. What's the blood pressure? 200 over 20. Not so good. Still, there was bound to be hypertension. Uh, how long are we going to be, Dr. Douglas? We can't get out under three hours at a guest. Maybe longer. Can you hold him? Uh, no comment. The quicker the better, though. Uh, let's see what we can do. Is the patient prepped, Dr. Wilson? Almost ready. Very good. For anyone observing this operation for the first time, let me explain a Larice syndrome. The patient involved is at a highly critical stage since a large thrombus or blood clot is cutting off the main circulation to the interior organs and the lower extremities. Corollary circulation is taken over to some extent, but not enough to prevent the danger of gangrene and possible loss of one or both legs. In addition, there is a major complication, which we shall discuss when the time comes. Ready, Dr. Wilson? Yes, Doctor. Good. Scrub nurse? Yes, sir. Skin knife? We will use a midline incision from the umbilicus to... Just short of the pubis. Retract, please. Scalpel. I am now going through the fasci. Retract again. Scalpel. As soon as the field is clear, we will expose the peritoneum. Bleed it there. Clamp it, please. Sponge. Doctor? Thanks. Gives you a better view. Excellent. Retractors. Neo scissors. In just a second, we will be cutting the peritoneum and going into the abdominal cavity to find out just how serious the situation is. And now that the superimposed thrombus has been removed, 
We can see the poor condition of the aorta. The intima is almost completely overgrown by atheromatous plaques, which severely impede the flow of blood. The patient has been unable to walk more than short distances at a time. Other effects will have been poor function of the abdominal organs, including possible and fallible impotence. To return the patient to a normal life, it will not be enough to close the artery. We must bypass this progressively deteriorating Dr. Area. Douglas. I see it, Dr. Wilson. Above the ligature, the artery is... What we caught a glimpse of on the arteriograph was an aneurysm. Dissecting. It's blowing up like a balloon ready to pop. We'll ligate above it. Stand by with suction. We've run into a complication which we did anticipate but hoped would not develop. A break in the inside artery wall, letting the blood under pressure into the media. If this should rupture the outside wall, the patient could be lost. We are therefore isolating this section with a Your answer first, Dr. Aiello. It's up to you, Dr. Howard. Do you want to take the risk? I'll try to hold him stable. That's all I want to know. Are you not going to try to complete the operation? With a bypass, yes. Well, the patient's in no condition to... What else would you suggest? Well, cellophane wrap the aneurysm and close. Leaving the patient in the same condition as we found him? Alive. If we continue, there's a chance that... At this... least a calculated one. Well, that's just the trouble. Brian, this isn't just any patient. Who says? I don't want to see you stick your neck out. I should remind you again, we are essentially on candid camera. The operation will proceed. And in my judgment, we will make this man whole again. That's all that's involved here. Nurse, give me a clamp and stand by with suction. We're going to use a plastic bypass. We did it, Marion. Three days, and although he's not completely out of the woods, he's a new man. Did a lot more than that. You mean, I ended us. You're going to go back to him? No. This is something which is to do with neither of us. What? Oh, my darling. Where do you live except in the world of medicine? In you, too. All right. Narrow world. Want to know what's happening the rest of it? Well, come on. I'm not that immured. The last few days, maybe, but... The last few days are enough. Remember that Craig's operation by accident was on television. Yes, but it was edited. For TV. Not for one young, ambitious reporter who was hanging around because he happens to be dating one of our nurses. He has dreams of grandeur and got like a hundred words accepted on UAP. The story had enough human drama to get picked up all along the line. I'm afraid we've become a three-day sensation. Mm. Us. All the elements. Love. An interrupted marriage. A husband who turns up out of nowhere, supposedly dead. The incredible drama that the man who operates on him must be the one man who desires him dead and holds his life in his hands. Oh, come on with the nonsense. Anyway, he's alive and well. And going to be. There's no suspense in that. Right. And we're forgotten now, except... Except what? He is alive. And where do we go from here? Yes? Hello, buddy. Long time no hear from. Who is this? A friend who went to your funeral. He's really ginched. And he got made a fool of. Now, we know you're still... 
around and where you are. Let's consider you're into us for like about 15 grand. I... I can't raise that much. Well, you'd better now you're on your feet again. Look, you got to give me time. Like one week, cousin. You don't come through, cut those new legs from under you. Dear Marion, there are a lot of things I can do. Thanks to you and the man you love, I have legs in which I can try to run and hide. I can stay where I am and tough it out, but how far can the mob really reach? I guess since one place, I can't kid myself. The TV coverage of the operation was no big deal, but some lucky stranger who had a connection with the wire service got me publicity enough for the hard boys to find me. No, I was left with two choices. Tough it out or... Accident, Valley Road, some guy wide open, took off and tried to fly. Alive? No, Brian, DOA. Dead, for that matter, when they found him. You sure? Burns? No. This time, he was more or less in one piece. What does that mean? A guy who's been down this alley before. Only this time, he isn't coming back. A guy who should have been dead five years ago. And finally made it this time. A guy named Craig Trevor. The first reaction is one of relief and joy for Brian and Marion, and for a marriage which once again has been arranged, and for the little boy named Steve, who will grow up with real parents, and for an old lady who doesn't have to mourn her son anew. The second is the waste of all the modern techniques which saved a man who wasn't worth saving. And the third is, thank God we have the techniques and the people dedicated to them. Because the person who is saved might be you. I'll be back shortly. How does your laxative work? Many brand name laxatives contain ingredients that expand in your stomach. That's how they work. We know a medicine that works differently. It's in the X-Lax pill. Overnight, the X-Lax pill gently stimulates your system's own regular rhythm. Stimulates your system for relief in the morning. No surprises, just relief in the morning. That's the X-Lax pill. Try it tonight with confidence. For occasional use only as directed, X-Lax pills. ago when I first started this story, I seem to remember I was quoting the Bible, if men strive and hurt a woman with child, and if mischief follow, then shalt thou give life for life. I think I've lived up to my promise. That's what this story was all about. Our cast included Ann Williams, Gordon Gould, Ralph Bell, Bryna Rayburn, and Bob Reddick. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Oh, there are the ledgers. I've got to greet them. Get some champagne. You've got to drink to our 25th anniversary. Well, I'll drink to that. Uh, I'll get some for us, Miriam. Uh, you circulate. 
I don't remember who was there that night. What we ate or drank or when we got home. All I could think of were those fantastic earrings of Helene's. I simply had to have them. It wasn't just a case of admiration. It was physical. I had to have those earrings the way a starving man has to have food. I knew Helene wouldn't dream of giving them to me or even selling them to me. I had to think of a way of getting them because those earrings had to be mine. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>